From what I've seen and heard, a lot of people do keto as a lifestyle. So why wouldn't it be great long-term for someone without a chronic illness? Great question. It's not great long-term for a few reasons. Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealth. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Ashley Rose and Dr. Michelle, functional medicine doctor, naturopathic physician, and East Asian medical practitioner. Happy New Year, everyone. And happy six-month podcast anniversary, Michelle. Yeah, we did it. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) We've been at this thing for half a year, which feels great. And like all of our goals, we've taken some time to look back at the content and chat about where we're headed. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, and we'd love to hear from you if you'd like us to cover other health-specific content. And that's why we decided to switch gears with our proposed topic of today, because a listener wrote in asking to get the deets on the keto diet and carb confusion. Yes, and we are excited about this because... For some, keto can be the perfect way to start off the new year, sort of like a reboot. If you've been listening for a while or reading past blog posts, you probably know that I am not a fan of the word diet because the majority of my nutritional recommendations are around lifestyle changes and food plans or ways of eating. But In this case, I think the word diet is appropriate because, as we'll be chatting about, keto is best used in the short term as opposed to a long-term solution. Yeah, so when it comes to optimizing our health and body composition, there is a lot of information out there. Varying diets, workout regimens, health fads, health trackers, and with all of that comes a lot to contend with in terms of opinions, biases, misinformation, and even the dangers that could go along with making these drastic healthy changes without the support of a qualified practitioner. So like anything health related, we shouldn't go completely along with the one size fits all approach and really should do our research and due diligence to make sure the healthy changes we're making are right for us on an individual level. But what's awesome about these diets, workouts, and fads is that it shows that our culture is really seeing the correlation between our health and our food. And with that, we have the opportunity to change the trajectory of our health in amazing and really quite simple ways and often with a global support group. So today we're talking about the ketogenic diet, which has been in and out of fashion for decades and is once again all the rage. We'll go through the effects it has on your body and the pros and cons. We'll discuss how it compares to another health trend, the paleo diet, and offer some resources to see if keto could be the right move for you and where you see your health going in 2018. Yes, I talk a lot about food and nutrition with my clients, and I often get asked about the various, quote, diets out there. And as Ashley mentioned, the most common one lately has definitely been the ketogenic diet. The paleo diet is a close relative, and we'll get into that later. So first off, the keto diet is generally a carb-restricted diet with moderate protein and lots of healthy fats. With carbs, 
One thing to remember is that all carbohydrates, except for fiber, turn into sugar in the body. So an average woman needs to eat about 2,000 calories a day to maintain, depending on numerous factors. And in 2010, the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Department of Health and Human Services released the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, suggesting that Americans get about 45 to 65 percent of their calories from carbs. So for a 2,000 calorie per day diet, that's about 275 grams of carbohydrates. Normally, the first thing your body will use for energy are the carbs turned to sugar rather than breaking down the fat in your body for energy first. But with a keto diet, by significantly lowering your carb intake, your body subsequently burns more fat. Yes, exactly. And in contrast to that 275 gram average of carbs, the keto diet restricts carbs down to about 50 grams per day. So that's a pretty significant decrease. In addition to the carb restriction, the daily fat is increased to about 70% of the daily food intake instead of the average, which is between about 20 and 35%. I'm not one to break out the kitchen scale. So what does 50 grams of carbs look like, right? So some examples are uh, for a regular baked potato would be about one and a half sort of medium-sized potatoes. For sweet potatoes, it would be about two medium-sized ones. For cooked quinoa, that'd be about a cup and a quarter cooked. Um, Or for brown rice, that would be about one cup cooked. So our bodies have been programmed to use glucose or sugar as a primary source of fuel. But when we eat higher levels of healthy fats and lower amounts of carbohydrates, it forces our body to burn ketones for fuel. And these ketones come from fatty acids in our foods or from the fat or adipose tissue in our bodies, hence the name ketogenic diet. So as you can imagine, this can be a pretty great benefit for people who are struggling with weight loss plateaus or dealing with certain medical issues like type 2 diabetes or insulin resistance. It's a great short-term tool for those of you who are trying to lose weight because it acts like a reset for our hypothalamus, which is an area of our brain that regulates the hunger signals in our body. It's also a great jumpstart to the reversal of insulin resistance, also non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and even migraines. The key takeaway is that it's great short term. So I usually only recommend it for about a month to three months at a time. The only time I recommend this way of eating more long term is if there's a chronic neurodegenerative disease present. Things like multiple sclerosis, epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, or even cancer. From what I've seen and heard, a lot of people do keto as a lifestyle. So why wouldn't it be great long-term for someone without a chronic illness? Great question. It's not great long-term for a few reasons. In my practice, I've seen it cause significantly elevated acidity in the body, which can lead to kidney issues and also aggravate conditions like gout and kidney stones. 
It's also not a great choice if you have really depleted adrenals or like adrenal deficiency because it causes elevated cortisol levels, which can further tax those adrenal glands. It can also cause irregular periods, um, issues with getting pregnant, and it can also actually exacerbate thyroid conditions, especially if you have a known conversion issue, meaning that your body has trouble converting um, the T4 hormone to the active T3 thyroid hormone hormone. Um, Also not as severe, but worth mentioning is that it causes bad breath. Um, It's kind of this sweet yet unpleasant smell. (laughs) Yeah. Why does it cause bad breath? And do you know of any natural remedies to combat that side effect? So the reason you get keto breath is because of the excess amount of ketones in the body. Um, And these ketones tend to come in three forms, acetoacetate, Uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate, and acetone. When we have these excess ketones in our body, they're typically removed through our urine and through our breath. As far as dealing with the bad breath, you can either simply get out of ketosis. Uh, You can try, you know, eating slightly less protein. You can um, make sure the gut bugs in your body are healthy, which is something you can get evaluated by your functional medicine or naturopathic doctor. Um, Or you can just wait it out. For a lot of people, it usually passes within a few weeks or so. If you're thinking of trying a short-term ketogenic diet, it's important that you don't quit carbs cold turkey. Ideally, you want to start tapering because if you don't, you'll probably end up having sugar withdrawals and you'll feel pretty crappy. So by easing into the ketogenic diet and swapping out some of the carbs from your diet for healthy fats and non-starchy vegetables, it creates the safest and easiest way to transition without harming your kidneys or losing any significant amount of muscle mass. Speaking of fats, I also get asked about fat bombs, which are super tasty treats if you're really pushing your body physically. So it's great for athletes and those of you who are active on a very regular basis. If you're kind of the average lady only getting some movement in a few times a week, these might not be beneficial. And unfortunately, um, it might actually contribute to a weight loss plateau. So if you're eating lots of fat bombs, try eliminating them for a bit and see if things shift for you. So what is a fat bomb? I'm assuming they're similar to what a protein ball would be. (laughs) Yeah, pretty close. So, um, but instead of protein, they're fat. So fat fat bombs are typically these little bite-sized sweet or savory balls that are chock full of healthy fats. They might have things like coconut oil, nut or seed butter, bacon, uh, ghee, butter, things like that. There are tons of recipes online if you just search for fat bomb recipes. They're basically delicious. That sounds delicious and like a super easy snack to have on hand throughout the day. So to give you an example of someone who's journeyed through keto, there's a fitness author and blogger named Mark Sisson, who's also a former distance runner, triathlete, and Ironman competitor. I just heard an interview of his on this podcast, The Model Health Show. He wrote a book that's been really influential in the paleo, primal, ancestral health movement. It's called The New Primal Blueprint. And he's written another book that was just published in October 2017, all about the keto diet. And we'll link to those books in the show notes. 
notes. So in the interview, he was talking about how for years he would carbo load for his trainings and his high intensity workouts for these endurance sports with the thought that he needed to fuel all those miles with a high carbohydrate diet, basically fueling his body with a high sugar diet with the assumption that his muscles needed to have a lot of sugar to burn. But with that way of eating, he also had a lot of inflammation in his body and not just as a result of years of wear and tear from being a competitive athlete. He had these ailments that could also be attributed to his diet, like arthritis in his feet, tendonitis in his hips. He even suffered 40 years with IBS before he took a step back to really say, okay, something's wrong here. He thinks he's doing everything right, but his body is saying otherwise. And from there, he found the keto diet, which was life-changing. That's insane. 40 years with IBS. like. Yeah, Yeah, perfect. He is a great example of how keto can be used to reboot your health in the short term. But our ultimate goal is to identify where our bodies thrive long term, right? So enter paleo. So why are we talking paleo? Well, I kept mentioning that keto was for short term, right? So I wanted to give you a little guidance on how to transition out of keto and find a long-term solution for you, and paleo is a great option. Now, I'm not one for dogma, so if you're a paleo enthusiast, please don't jump down my throat here because I'm going to be talking a bit about a modified paleo lifestyle. So The general eating guidelines for paleo are that it's free of grains, uh, free of legumes, and also dairy, and it's rich in roots, shoots, tubers, lean protein, and seasonal fruits and vegetables. This is a great long-term approach for a lot of reasons. It promotes healthy weight. Um, There's no real limit on calories or, you know, needing to track your macronutrients like carbs, fat, and protein. Um, It also has an extremely high nutrient density and it's pretty easy to comply with long term. One thing I've seen and read about is that paleo long term can actually increase your low density lipoprotein or your LDL or lousy cholesterol levels. And this is a really interesting phenomena and the biochemistry isn't really understood behind it. But the neat thing is that when people have this happen to them and they bump up their carb intake to about 100 grams per day, so using the same metrics as we did earlier, that's about four sweet potatoes, (laughs) three regular potatoes, uh, two cups of brown rice, or two and a half cups of quinoa. And that's for the whole day, right? These LDL levels actually come right back down into optimal ranges. So this is where that sort of modified paleo comes into play, right? Because we're possibly introducing some grains. So whether or not you're considering keto or you're open to the paleo lifestyle, the main things to focus on are pretty simple. But the thing is, you have to get in touch with your body. So you have to start listening to those symptoms, those signals, the way that your body communicates with you. Yeah, and that's not very easy to do if we're just going through our days without being mindful. So the best way to keep track is to keep a diet diary or a food journal. Even doing it for as little as four days can bring enough awareness to your own body signals. So if you want to start tuning in and listening to your body, always ask yourself these questions. How do you feel after eating certain foods? What's the quality of the food? Is it nutrient dense? Is the food close to its natural whole form or is it highly processed? 
How active are you and how does your body tolerate carbs? Yeah, those are great questions. And if after hearing all this, you're still not quite sure where to start or what would be the best approach for you, I definitely recommend working with someone who can guide you through a personalized nutrition plan. So please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Be sure to visit femalesinfinefettle.com and click on episode 25 to grab your freebie. This week, Dr. Michelle has put together a four-day diet diary that you can use to help create more awareness around your eating habits and signals your body gives you. Hey, it's Dr. Michelle, and I cannot wait to meet you back here next week. In episode 26, we'll be talking about how having a growth mindset can help you stick to your health goals this year. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.